El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I don't do anything ever at all. Joining me today, he's my co-host on this podcast, so I have to come up with things to say all the time. The past couple times, I've just edited in older intros, but now I can't really do that because I have to record another one for our next guest, even though I don't know why I need to do that either, because she's on podcasts all the time. Also, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff May. Also joining me, our next guest is my co-host on Conspiracy the Show, as I just implied in the last intro when I was introing Jeff. But this guest is not Jeff. This guest is a fantastic comedian who is also going to be hosting another podcast with me about the TV show Lost very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Olivia Hydar. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host, Jeff's here. Hey, 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 it's me, Jeffrey. It's me, Jeff May, from the internet. Just from the internet. From the internet. You guys know. Jeff's fake. <laughs> I'm the lawnmower man. I live on the internet. Jeff is in a creation of AI. Asshole Hello. intelligence. Hello. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. Also joining me, not my co-host on this podcast, but my co-host on Conspiracy the Show, Olivia yeah. Hydar is here. Hey, hello. Yes, I'm excited to be on a show with Jeff Fahey, the lawnmower man. <laughs> really excited about that. Big fan is. of your work. Right? Uh, you're welcome. And then I'm actually lawnmower man too, so I'm actually Matt Frewer. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, well, I love Matt okay. Frewer too. You know, Max Headroom. Who doesn't love Who doesn't Max love Headroom? Matt Frewer? Right? Yeah. Right? More Matt Frewer. Yeah. I think I see him every once in a while. I'm always happy. That's what this episode is about this week. More <laughs> Matt Frewer and other unpopular opinions. We're doing an unpopular opinions hey, episode. Hey, hey. we're doing the unpopular opinion, huh? We're the mean men. Hey. It's, it's the titular topic. Correct. It's, it's, that's right. We're doing the titty topic today. <laughs> My unpopular opinion, titties are banging. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's argue about that. Everyone knows how these episodes work. We're going to dive into some unpops of pins. At least I think they're unpopular. Who wants to start? I always start and I don't want to start this time. Who wants to go first? I will cede to the lady. Oh, okay. Sure. I'll start off with kind of a tee up to a future project. The final season of Lost was good, actually. It just was good. There wasn't anything wrong with it. It didn't become stupid and bad. It stayed good until the end. And the finale's good. And they weren't dead the whole time. That's this this misreading that people still try to push, which is really silly. But yeah, it's great. One of the best finales, like series finales. More like that, finally. Be... <laughs> what? Wait, what? It's more like finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. More like finally. Because Lost carried on so long. Right, yeah. Six seasons, <laughs> half of which were 16 episodes. So long. Yeah. yeah. I was a I big mean, fan of Lost. I, yep. I jumped on board late, but 
once I caught up, I was way into it. Yeah, there was yeah. never a point where I gave up on that show. It stayed the same show throughout. It just kind of let loose a little bit. It, like, kind of gave into its inherent silly, you know, not silliness, but, like, goofy sci-fi premise stuff. It just became wilder, which I enjoy. I like when a show has the guts to, like, go for interesting narrative choices. I bailed after the first episode. Of the first season? Of the like, show Lost, yeah. Of the pilot? You bailed <laughs> yeah. off during the pilot? Yeah, wow. I was, I was the like, The famously Man. great pilot? <laughs> yeah, I watched it and I was like, I'm not going to fuck with this. Had I just been burned by Heroes, I think? No, was Heroes, that, no. Was Heroes, Heroes about to come out. Show. Okay, because that was the time where, like, network shows were starting to burn me. Because I loved Heroes, and then halfway through season two of Heroes, I was like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, like, I mean, that was, they d- but I feel like didn't the, have ideas. Did you watch the pilot when it aired or yes. after the fact? Because I feel like yeah. what you're referencing, kind of the pilot no. predates all that's that. The, that's yes. like no. the aftermath. Like yeah. Lost is what caused all that shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think what it came down to is that was at a time in my life when I was busy enough to accept that I didn't have to watch everything. Sure. And before... For that, I had to watch everything. Yeah. I think so, the TV landscape is similar now, honestly. Yeah. yeah, I had too much to do. And that was really like, I don't know if I had at the time, like I didn't have TiVo or anything. So it was still appointment TV at that point in time. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I know my brother was obsessed with it. And I know a lot of people around. And I like absorbed a lot like i know characters names and i know kind of the gist of everything that happened but i also didn't have to watch it for six seasons i guess i don't know i mean that's fair it's not for every i'm not you know i'm not saying by any means everybody must watch lost although i will say you might like it as a binge you're not a pretty fun binge you're not wrong in saying it's probably for you like it's probably for me I just didn't yeah. have the time at the time to really get that invested in. And, Absolutely. And, I mean, it was, you know, an early show that actually required you to basically have seen every episode in yeah. order to really get the full picture, which is now totally mainstream. Every show yeah. is like that and more. I but, also hate fan theories. And oh, boy, yeah. if you hate fan theories, that is not a yeah. show to watch. It was yeah. peak. Yeah, I think fan theories, though, I mean, look, I feel like even a lot of that started with Lost. I know fan theories have been around forever. Like, that's how the stupid Stanley Kubrick Illuminati theory started. It's a bullshit fan theory from the Internet. But, yeah, I feel like Lost turned fan theories into a fucking industry. It sure did, because I know those fan theories, and I didn't even watch the goddamn show. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was in a way that no single show can be anymore because there's so much tv it was a massive part of the zeitgeist yeah you know it was was. kind of everywhere and it was definitely a show that i was very into on like message boards and all that goofy dorky shit but the tone of fan theories now the tone of fandom in general and i'm sure you know is so much more controlling and possessive i hate it yeah. I hate any fan that makes a demand of a TV show. I hate. Exactly. It's awful. Whereas, like, at least when I was looking at Lost shit, at the time, it was more like trying to puzzle out what is yeah. actually going on. It's it's know? too distracting to make specific moral demands on the TV show because you're right. too busy trying to puzzle together the secret. Here's the it, thing. Again, I've only seen... 
I think I saw the last episode too. I think oh, I saw like wow. chunks yeah. of that. Cause like, why not? Right. Yeah, of course. It's the Adam Todd Brown reading form of watching a TV show where I watch the beginning, the end, and then generally fill in the, the gist of it. Right. Totally. Wait, what's happening? Uh, isn't that what you said about speed reading? You look at the beginning, you look at the end, and then you guess the rest of it. Oh, well, well like no, you... that is not what I said whatsoever. I, I, I misinterpreted <laughs> there is There is a method that sort of works like that, that will allow you to get through a book in like three or four hours. But I, by no means do I guess oh, a, at what is in between well, the beginning and the I, end I don't of mean the guess. book. <laughs> I don't mean guess. How do you think these podcasts work? That's <laughs> but I know like characters' names. Like I know about the numbers and the right, hats yeah. and Hurley and Locke and the Party of Five guy and the anti-vax wasp. Like I know all these characters. Wait, who's anti-vax? Oh, do you not know that? Yeah. Evangeline Lilly? Yeah, Evangeline Lilly. She's a big anti-vaxxer now. Is she really? Yeah. Oh, that fucking sucks. That really sucks because she's the only person who actually had like a successful film career after the show. Wow. I didn't know that. That sucks. That sucks ass. See, now I'm teaching you about Lost. I mean, look, I've never kept up with actors personal lives that's never been a thing that that's it my just lost kinda, it just kind of glazes over my brain so one thing but. i feel like kind of started with lost but also sort of with the matrix mm. was this thing where it was like oh but to really get it you got to watch this thing on the internet and it's like well i don't want to sure. do that i just want to watch the television yeah. show and understand the television show like i know there's room for that obviously people yeah. appreciate it but i don't want it to be integral to my understanding of the yeah. show that i have yeah. to go watch some dawn of the internet video right. clip i mean the, the matrix vids. with the animatrix stuff i thought it enhanced it but you didn't need sure. to see it well um, and that's that's different than like an, a video essay like yeah examining like the themes and even still i would say again these are things that were kind of quaint at the time when you look back at them and now have infected every aspect yeah. of popular culture. Yeah. Well, I remember Lost was like spiraling out of control and they ended up hiring Brian K. Vaughn to like write the ship. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think or, that's... I mean, that's, that's what was happening. Well, <laughs> no, I mean... I don't think that's exactly what was happening. The major problem that happened in, you know, again, this is a very long conversation about a single thing, but like, <laughs> basically, like, ABC didn't want to let the show end. And so in the third season, they just kind of, Brian K. Vaughn comes in, but not as a fixer. He was, it was more of a collaborative thing. He was just one of the writers. Yeah, he was the script soup. No, uh, I forget what the job was, but uh, executive story editor yeah, is how yeah. he was hired during the season three hiatus. Right. And um, and the hiatus, and you know, again, it was a big writer's strike show. And like, there's tons of behind the scenes drama which Adam and I are going to maybe someday talk about eventually. Ooh. We're going to do a Lost rewatch podcast. Right. I think we're going to record the first couple episodes yeah. next week. I got another rewatch podcast in the works, too. Mm. Uh, that will be a spinoff of the Pretty Scary Pod. Ooh. Okay. Gunsmoke rewatch coming. Hell yeah. Ponderosa. Totally. <laughs> Give me some wagon train. Yeah, I fucking loved Lost. I yeah. liked it. A whole lot. I feel like I watched the first couple seasons on Netflix. Like, I think really? they sent me the DVDs. Oh. Like, Netflix wasn't a thing. Because right. I caught up by, like, season three was the first season I watched live. Right. Which, season three is weird. Yeah. That's how but also, every great show has its worst season. Yeah. Sure. And, like, and 
Oh, like sorry, people say season two of The Wire is like, oh, that's a tough one to get through. Yeah, yeah it kind of because they wildly veer off course from housing projects to the docks in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But it's still a good season of television. It's just the worst season of yeah. The Wire. Sure. And season three of Lost isn't terrible. It's just no. not great by the standards of that well, show. And I think a lot of when people think about season three as being, quote, bad, they're mostly thinking of the pre-hiatus, pre-writer's strike half of the season, like the very beginning of the season, which is a lot of wheel spinning. That's the season that has the episode that's about how Jack got his tattoos. And that's like this example. Jack twos, baby. Jack twos. Like, yeah. Well, that, like who gives that, a shit? That would kind of speak to what Jeff said, that the show was sort of well, spinning out of control. And well, what I'm saying, well, what I, I guess what I was saying was a lot of it had to do with that AMC just didn't want it to end. And so these episodes, mm-hmm. like the tattoo episode and the Paolo and Nikki episode, which I think is actually pretty good, but they're kind of Lindelof and Q's and like the creative team kind of going, look, if you don't let us start bringing this plane in for a landing as it were these are the kinds of episodes that you're going to keep getting because there's only so much backstory we can go through and then it became a bit rudderless i mean that's numerous interviews where they were like yeah it was spiraling and it needed to get brought back on track and yeah you're right abc finally letting them put a bullet in the goddamn show because they were like geez we gotta get they were just like we'll give you an end date two more seasons after this and then it's over that's why i appreciate that Watchmen was just like one season. He's like, I'm out. Like that was perfect to me. Yeah. I mean, Lindelof has had such an amazing track record. His films are hit or miss, but like his TV shows have been incredible. I love The Leftovers. Isn't he one of the producers on on From also? The Epic No, I don't show? think so. I remember looking it up. No, it's... If someone from Lost is involved yeah, uh, I'm in totally, that show. Yeah, I'm totally... Fuck. It's one of the directors, Jack Bender, uh, uh, okay. who directed a ton of Lost episodes, directed like four episodes of From, which rules, and is very Losty. Which from is, it's is like the, so good. Oh, my God. It's the most Lost show that has happened since Lost, and it yeah. rules. From is great. Anyway. It's very great. So, yeah. Lost. Lost. Last season was good. Yeah. Hell yeah. You dicks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you specifically, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. What's what's an unpopular opinion? Hey, man. Fuck brioche buns forever. Fuck you. What a shit. Hey, you know what? You know where the grease for a burger is supposed to be? The burger, not the fucking (laughs) bread. All right. My hand shouldn't be wet from the bread. You know, I'm sorry you like luxury and, I, and you I, like I, value. I like luxury. What do you mean? Do you mean I don't like luxury? Because here's the I'm thing. sorry you hate luxury. I, I yes. got to say that. Yes. But, you know, whatever. Fine. Yeah. I can go it, with the other. It's a burger. The plate is edible. This isn't a luxury food. And by the way, it's not luxury just because the bread is wet on the top. The fact that it's like this greasy, How slick... Many- how many brioche buns have you yeah. had? I had one like two nights ago. Okay, yeah. Wet that was top? not my question. How many have you had? Because if you kind just of a had lot. one the other night and it was wet, you just got a wet bun, man. Yeah, no, I don't think no, they're supposed to be wet on the outside. <laughs> brioche buns are like slick. They're like greasy. There's something brushed well, on the outside. They're very they're, smooth. And also, by the way, the consistency of the bread inside needs to be more dense. A burger is a greasy thing. Thing. Brioche buns have a much airier texture I, inside. They're not a dense bun. Despite my recent attack 
on your opinion here. I will <laughs> say I agree with you that a brioche bun on a burger isn't really appropriate. For me, the problem with a brioche bun is it's too sweet. And mm. it's trying to like show off and be an extra part of the meal. And it's like, no, you just need to hold things together and not be a problem. I guess. I, I like a sweet bun one. I like and a sweet bun on like a spicy chicken sandwich. I'll fuck with a sweet sure. bun. Sure. And I don't disagree that Burger is not the ideal <laughs> topping for a brioche bun. I get that. Like, yes, I agree with that. And that's but, 99% of the uses of a brioche bun. Is, I, is I don't they know It's some artisan burger. Chicken sandwiches. They're on chicken sandwiches a ton more than burgers. Okay. I think that's just because chicken sandwiches have become the popular item of the past few years because somehow uh, breaded chicken But that chicken changes the like number the of thing. sandwiches that they're on? Yes. I mean, like, yes, no, but literally, I mean, like, literally, yes. but like, but no, but they're still on more chicken sandwiches than burgers. I mean, I, I mean there's no way to prove real. either like, of these numbers. Here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing is when you think of a fast food burger, you're not getting a brioche bun because Burger sure. King and fucking McDonald's know what they're doing. Yeah. All right? but when it's I th- artisan stuff. When you think of a chicken sandwich, Burger King mo- does have chicken sandwiches that have brioche buns. See, I, that's I can't. What the fuck, and man? Like, I don't know when I, I don't think of. Burger King or McDonald's when I think of good burgers. I didn't say good. Okay. It's not what I said. Well, I then said what's bur- the, just the concept of the burger? Like, if, it, if they're bad okay, burgers. Because here's the thing. A good burger, when they put it on a brioche bun, that's nah. just an excuse to charge a couple extra bucks. A good burger is generally not much better tasting than an average or fast food burger. Like, Except we can pr- for from McDonald's or Burger King. Well, we can pretend <laughs> that ingredients and flavor palettes are the same thing but they're not no if you want a higher end burger get a higher end burger with better ingredients of course well but that doesn't mean it tastes better it just means that it is generally a better product it's occasionally yes but also people won't want to hear this but i would argue one of the absolute best burgers in la right now is the denny's mushroom and swiss burger it is sure a fucking marvel it is the best mushroom and Swiss burger I've ever eaten in my entire life. Well, and I fucking if, if, love a I mushroom mean, and Swiss burger. It is so juicy. The proportions are perfect. You can slide any of your fucking frou-frou father's why? office burgers across the table at me. And I will eat that Denny's mushroom and Swiss burger I, every day. And it's just a regular ass sesame seed bun. And it. That's what a burger should be on. I want to be clear. I want to be clear. I am not advocating for fancy burgers or whatever. I'm simply saying one one thing. I love it. I don't. I don't like mushrooms, but I like Denny's burgers. I think Denny's has really good burgers. I I agree with that. I do. It's just that you brought up Burger King and McDonald's, who make objectively basically not burgers. They almost don't use meat. Like they're insanely bad. And I eat them, and they're fine that's not or whatever, true. but, like, they're not good worked, burgers. No, the Whopper is a good places. burger. I don't know where people get that they don't use meat from. That's It's not that I was, I'm ex- using comic exaggeration, <laughs> but, Bur- like, you know, I feel like we all King. know about the pink fucking slime. Burger if you've King ever... is one of the better fast food burgers. Yeah. I disagree. You're allowed to. That's what the show's about. You're I wrong, know. but you're That's allowed to disagree. That's why I'm doing it. Look, if I go somewhere and I order a burger and they just tell you what the burger is and they start bringing it out and I see that shine on top of the <laughs> bun, I'm like, fuck. 
Because now this thing, I'm going to take one bite and it's going to dissolve the goddamn bun like it's cotton candy because the grease or the juice of the burger is just going to take it the fuck apart. I need a dense burger and a brioche bun isn't doing that. Look. And then when I'm done, I'm like, what the fuck is this on my hands? They're just like, hold on, before we get out there, let's, let me just get a little paintbrush with some grease on there and let me get it on the top. Every single time there's that like tiny film of whatever they're using to make it glossy on the top ridiculous if i want a glossy bun give me a fucking pretzel bun because at least i know that shit's gonna be firm i do like a pretzel bun look again brioche bun is not my favorite burger bun like i, I like a potato bun i like a hawaiian bun yes i do like a sweet bun sorry i like a sweet bun uh a, a burger on like, king's hawaiian is a pretty good setup that's to be the honest. thing yeah but I feel like a brioche and a King's Hawaiian are the same. Yeah, like, but you you're hate talking specifically flavor. the top part. You, you're talking oh, is you're, flavor, so and I'm talking, talking texture. King. Okay, the, yeah. the slickness and then the dissolution and of this fucking of this bread. Moist. It's like you ugh. know, I'm someone who's extremely sensitive to texture in food. It's something that has been a problem for my whole life, and so I get it. If <laughs> I get there's that. just like a food where. The texture, you just don't fuck with it. I get that, but that's just not brioche buns for me. I've it's an impractical bun. It's an impractical <laughs> bun that is used. It's used to polish the turd of a burger. When they're like, we put it on a brioche bun. It's like, oh, okay, so do you not believe in your burger? Just put it on a fucking sesame seed bun. Or maybe I, they're just trying to evoke a smokehouse or something. Well, like, I that's think generally that's generally a smokehouse. I, a brioche bun of a smokehouse? I mean, like, yes. Know. I'm thinking specifically of right now at Wendy's, there's that A1 ah, The classic steakhouse. American smokehouse. <laughs> well, no, but fuck off. You know I'm building to something. <laughs> they got that fucking A1 burger that's on a brioche bun. And, like, that's that kind of steakhouse kind of thing. It just kind of... Putting that- A1? <laughs> Just conceptually, I'm not. Here's the thing: is I, I know I think that I'm from I, the mar- person who comes up with whatever the damn Wendy's menu is. Yes, that's the idea. Is these things evoke a fancier dining experience? Keep but a, like, you, you know, know I go to my local barbecue place, and the bun there is not dissimilar to a brioche bun. The bun at your barbecue place should be a piece of white bread. Yeah, what the what? What are they doing? Well, you can get that too, but if you want a bun, and I prefer a bun for my barbecue personally. Oh, that's no, that's well. well, If if you get the barbecue right, then the white bread just you want to talk about dissolving the white bread. Yeah, but white bread is white bread. Don't pretend to be anything else but what it is. Neither does the brioche bun. It's called the brioche bun. Sucks. I love how you were like, I'm not saying that it's my favorite. As a matter it's of not. fact, and then you listed off like six different buns that you prefer. And I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Like the brioche bun is the go-to bun for every place that wants to charge you 24 bucks for a burger. And that shit shows up and it's already like dissolving on the fucking plate. I mean, it sounds like you're just mad with overpriced burger places. No, I'm mad about wet, slick bread <laughs> in overpriced burger places. Okay. <laughs> It's so weird. It's just funny. I've never do you get thought your, of it. How do you get way. your burgers like meat well done? No. Jeff, I, get a, I get a burger medium. Yeah, yeah I, don't, get, when, I don't like a sloppy burger. So, no, no like, me neither. Uh, and a brioche bun just exacerbates the problem. Jeff, name names. Where was, where was this greasy yeah. brioche bun at? Let's, it was at that fucking place on Magnolia. They opened up, I think, like right during the pandemic. I forget what it's called, but it's right <laughs> nearby. You know the place, everybody. Stay yeah. away. 
That place on Magnolia. It's in Burbank. It's on Magnolia between uh, Cahuenga and Hollywood Way. You know, the place okay. that pisses on the brioche do, buns. They do a lot of shoots there. They do a lot of TV shoots. I know they they're put, closed for video they put stuff. Aloe sure. Vera on their brioche buns. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. All right, should we get to one of mine? Yeah, Yeah, Adam, you can't keep hiding. My unpopular opinion, based solely on the fact that I just did this, I think we should go back to having regular cable. I can't imagine a world where it's still cheaper to not have cable to watch like even a fair amount of television because you're not what is anyone watching on netflix anymore yeah netflix is so expensive and so useless almost everything you watch on hulu you could just watch on cable hulu has some originals but also i mean hulu is still relatively cheap if you go with the version that has ads well but this shit adds up like this is the future we wanted i said it before like everyone was like why can't i just pay for the channels i want and now all these networks are like all right you want to give us 12.99 a month to watch yeah. one amc show by <laughs> all means it, it's essentially a lateral move because like you know with cable there was a lot of stuff where things were packaged mm-hmm. where it was like oh if you're getting espn you also have to get you know these 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 and this is part of what you're payment right. is and that's why you'd see those commercials that were like tell your local provider that you want yes hgtv like well, to really pressure that in and now we're doing kind of the same thing which is like all right well we're bundling things up so you're getting netflix because you want to watch stranger things but you also are going to have to be supporting all these other things anyway and yeah it's well, lateral it's a lateral move well it's a lateral move in a sense like in maybe in the financial sense but also think about if you're a household that has more than a few people and let's say all of you got tvs in your rooms and you all watch from the same wi-fi the internet you have to have to support that is so expensive in and of itself yeah streaming television bears on your Wi-Fi. So if you're like working, if you have to download shit, it's all a strain on your Wi-Fi and you have to pay for more bandwidth so you can stream TV when you could just fucking get a dish on your goddamn roof. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can go back to the way that it was. Because like what Jeff was saying, with the packaging and everything, like cable is not well run like the cable services and and the packages and all that doesn't really work we would need to find some sort of way to bridge that and also i can't go back to watching commercials during my tv show. i can't personally mm. if you can that's great we really have spoiled people in that regard yes absolutely i i fully admit that i am spoiled about this but if the choice is to watch some not watch something or watch it with commercials I mostly choose not to watch it. Oh, yes, really? Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't like commercials. Yeah, no, I don't, I especially it. not I don't... how they're presented on streaming now. 
Yeah. And, yeah. When I do streaming services, I pay for the version that doesn't have ads. Like, I mean, I'm, well, I'm with yeah, you thing. Yeah. on that. But with cable, like, you can just DVR shit. And that's, that's skip true. Skip those that's commercials true. really quick. But right before this kind of current streaming bubble, like, when Netflix was just starting the beginning of the last decade, like, end of the 2000s, we were at a point where every network that you had cable access to, you basically had a, a streaming version of that. They called it, it was just called On Demand instead of, like, a specific thing. But, yeah. like, I think that's a pretty good compromise. But it would need to be a much overhauled version of that where things are legitimately offered gotta get that cinemax on demand if you know what i'm talking <laughs> yeah. about yeah, but, but yeah like, exactly but like i think the problem is and the reason why that's probably not going to happen and why as much as i basically agree with what you're saying here like if you want to talk about people who have gotten spoiled off of the current bubble economy th- these corporations have gotten a taste of this kind of fountain that can just constantly yeah. print money right now it's gonna bust and something is gonna change but- yeah. i'm not saying it has to be one or the other i'm not saying we yeah. should do away with streaming services and cable should be the only option i'm just saying like look into what you're spending right now and you might be surprised <laughs> like you probably no, totally. could save a decent amount of money making some changes in your streaming yeah. service. like there's whole yeah fucking industries that have popped up around checking your bank account to make sure you're not subscribed to some shit that you don't know you're paying for. Jeff mentioned wow. earlier someone who is paying for HBO twice. It's yeah, it, there's, it there's so confusing. many people. Do, I was paying for Sirius Satellite Radio two subscriptions for like a year and a half. And didn't I mean, I think everybody's it. been in that position for at yeah. least yeah. some time. I definitely think, too, that the whole streaming service concept, along with the Amazon Prime one day shipping stuff or same day shipping, mm-hmm. it really has created a form of entitlement for the consumer mm. that I think is incredibly detrimental. Yeah. I think it's a huge problem yeah. because there's no going back once you've been and Olivia, you brought it up once you've been settled to not expecting a certain thing like commercials or having to wait a week to get something that you ordered right. or whatever it is, then you're never going to want to go back to the inconvenience, even though it previously was the tiniest inconvenience. Sure. But once that inconvenience is removed, bringing it back in any way makes it seem like oppressive to consumers, which is just it's or it's at a least brain, a setback it's a brain, in a way. It's a brain fuck up. Like we rewired ourselves to not expect something. So even it's like the study when they started paying Red Cross volunteers. It was like a study. They were volunteering for free and they're like, we're actually going to pay you 10 cents an hour. Mm-hmm. And then they gave them a raise and said, now we're going to give you 25 cents an hour. Mm-hmm. And then they said, OK, we're actually going to bring it back down to 10 cents an hour. And these volunteers quit. Yeah. And it was a study in which kind of showed that even people that were starting to do something for free, once you sort of create this perception of a reward and then Mm -hmm. remove it, then it becomes, oh, I can't handle this form of oppression anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think that's definitely part of the problem. The problem is that everything about our capitalist culture is set up to instill that in us. I was going to say, I miss a good old uh, piss sprint as soon as the commercials come up. For a commercial, yeah. And you're like, oh, I got to get out of here because I got to learn about the new steakhouse burger. What (laughs) I miss, and this is something maybe I'll just fold my, I have a streaming TV thing to talk about as well. 
But, like, I just miss old TV. I just miss how TV used to be. There's an episode. It tells a, a whole story from start to finish. It maybe ties into a larger seasonal narrative. Maybe it doesn't. But mostly you're just hanging out with these characters and having a good time. And those kinds of shows almost do not exist anymore to the point where I just can name basically everyone that I've seen pretty easily. The shows of that format still exist. Like, there's well, still... There- I mean, you still have your procedurals and, and yeah. that sort of thing. But I guess what I mean is like, here's an example. I The new Star Trek show on Paramount Plus. Ah, Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. Fucking yeah. rules. It's, it's so, so good. I love it. I was not expecting to. And the reason that it is so good is because it is a fucking TV show where every episode – it's like a Star Trek show. They go to a new place, they meet a new culture, they solve a new problem, and then they move on. And then it's, they have like fun interpersonal things. What you're really going at is that with streaming services, it's kind of like a season long episode. Yes, it's a, a, a to, 10 hour movie, yeah. but like a boring 10 hour movie. There have been some like the latest uh, Stranger Things season has been really enjoyable. Uh, I mean, me. I, I've I've, been I totally fell off that show uh, multiple years ago, but I stopped after the. First I don't episode. dislike. Sure, I, I mean, just, like, I, look, I don't love it, but like about Stranger Things. I'm not saying that there are all bad. I'm kind of just folding in another yeah. unpopular opinion. Sorry. No, yeah, it was seamless. No, we were going with it because it was your turn next anyway. So this <laughs> uh, is actually a nice. But like, seamless. there are definitely really good streaming shows that have that ten hour. Because I like a TV miniseries also, and you know that's kind of had a resurgence because of this. But I think that these things that we can point to as being good examples are the exceptions that well, like, prove I think the rule. Ted, Ted Lasso kind of buys into that same individual episodes throughout sure. the entire season. That's one that I only watched the, I the think, first episode of. <laughs> I think a lot of that has to do with the 24 idea, which is that a season of something is taking place over the course of one day or or one week because of like the streaming dump where where everyone's binging their episodes right away that the concept of, oh, every episode is a week later half the time or whatever. Well, but I do think, though, part of the problem is just the actual storytelling within the shows themselves. There's just no episodes. Well, I I think the reason a lot of shows release every episode at once is because people wouldn't finish them if they had to wait a week. I felt very strongly that way about Orange is the New Black. And that's just one example. But watching that show, I get halfway through it and it's like, I hate all these people and I don't give a fuck what happens to any of them. If I had to sit a week and wait, I feel like I'd get to about day six and be like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. There's probably something better on. And now there's always something better on. That's definitely part of it. And also a lot of them release all at once because otherwise there's no buildup. They take the wrong lessons from Lost and things like 24, which are the grand arcs. But they forget that those shows were all made up of little arcs that led up to the grand arc. The irony, of course, being that Disney is the one that's really subscribed to, you're getting one episode a week, motherfuckers. Yeah. 
one of the only good things about these Marvel shows, honestly. And I do really feel like Disney is backing up something in a specific style. I'm usually being like, you might want to go with that because they're not going to be wrong about something like, I mean, you know, and it's talking about I, evil corporations. But man, they nail yeah. that shit. Well, no, I think, and I think I think that's something that is making a comeback also right now. Well, I, I think what you're seeing with Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus both is that they're being more selective. Yes. Like Netflix and Hulu, they just buy everything and eventually everything is there. And it's like, how do you fucking decide? But Apple TV Plus, they do the same thing where they put their shit out one episode each week. And man, I get those notifications on my iPad and I'm like, fuck. Yes, it is S television show night. At one point there were... Three shows, they all started with the letter S, and they were all on Thursdays on (laughs) Apple TV+. And I was like, this is fucking must-see TV, baby. It turns out that this storytelling and business format that was super successful for, like, 60 years, that was for a reason. And and we're kind of coming back around to that. And that Apple TV approach then makes stuff like Prehistoric Planet, which did the fun thing of a new episode every weekday that made that feel kind of special each day. It's an event, if exactly, you Exactly, which is something that's missing. And Netflix, Netflix totally, they skipped the window that they should now be at, which is they should just be the fucking people who are giving 30 to $40 million budgets to random people to do whatever the fuck they want and make cool shit and whatever. And like, they do that occasionally but they're way more into the giving tons of money to big marquee names which is the same pitfall that so many other places have fallen in like that's affected studio filmmaking yeah it's such a bummer because they had a chance to be different and be cool uh and they didn't they decided not to be (laughs) jeff what's your next opinion man summer's coming Mm -hmm. you guys excited yeah yeah Oh, All absolutely. Right. He- hell yeah. Hell yeah. F- uh, fuck nature. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes. Shit yeah, sure. is boring, and that's where the mosquitoes are. I cannot stress enough, every time somebody wants to go do something outdoorsy, how immediately boring that process becomes. <laughs> yeah. My nightmare would be a family vacation to the Grand Canyon. Mm. Because yeah. I will get there. I will look at it and I will say that is what it looked like in the photos. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, yeah, but like, no, you got to see the real nature of it. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. I like the serenity occasionally, <laughs> but also at the same time, whenever there's some like, oh, you got to see this view. I need about eight seconds of the view. And then I'm like, yeah, I think I got it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I totally agree with you about mosquitoes. Fuck mosquitoes. I, I hate them. And I. I don't really go out in nature very much, but I got to say, I do. I'm the kind of person who can just sit and stare at the fucking grandeur forever. That uh, That's just one of my favorite things. That yeah, but do. you smoke weed. Like, uh, I that's could, part of it. I would have to be high or drunk, but I could do it. No, but. see, that's part of it. But I mean, look. I get high off of the Paint the fumes, majesty yeah. of nature. No, I can't you do help not. it. No, you I do. Don't. I do. I hate going out to like go into my fucking backyard and do lawn work and shit because it's filled with bugs and it sucks. 
But like the Grand Canyon is a, a adventure. Like it's amazing to see. It's spectacular. Oh, is it? is yes. there a giant hole in the ground? Yes, and I it's crazy. Like I, I feel like I got the gist of it then. No, I mean, and that's like, totally fair. Yeah, but like I, I just personally love it. I can't like, help it. Well, that's it. But like I've seen the postcards, and yeah, yeah, but you know it's what? It's not. It Nailed is it. different. It sure. is different. Yeah, because you know I had to travel and spend a lot of money to see it. <laughs> yeah, and then I thirty nine cents on a postcard. I wrote a cracked it. article mm-hmm. about this exact thing way back in the day. I think it was even before I moved to L.A. But yeah, like you can put a VR headset on now and see the Grand Canyon mm, without even no, having to no, shower. Okay, baby. no, I'm going to push back on this part. Like, I'm sorry, the like VR displays suck. And I, I have I VR. I feel about going to the Grand Canyon the same way I feel about going to space. I feel like I get cool there and I want to do it. Look out the window <laughs> and go, yeah, that's neat. Where that's we exactly it? Where we eat now? Is yeah. there a Dave and Buster's up here, or yeah. is it fucking astronaut ice cream the whole time? Because that fucking We're, sucks. I don't want that. Whereas I feel the same way about the Grand Canyon as I feel about going to space. Is there that's, a Dave and Buster's? That's thing? dope. Oh. I want to. I want to do that. That's cool. The, I love space. The <laughs> law of diminishing returns is exponential time wise for me. So like time wise. My first second there will be like, whoa. And by the ninth or tenth second, I'm like, I'm fucking, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get I get it. I get that it's a big I mean, hole. that's clear. That's clear. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking boring. Like, okay. if you want me to be interested at the Grand Canyon, I'll fight a bear. I don't know, something You'll like you got to make a bear at the you gotta Grand keep Canyon. Them, you got to keep me interested. Canyon, are there? Well, then I guess I'm not going. Okay. <laughs> But I don't it? think the Grand Canyon will miss you. That's part of its appeal. Yeah, it's, no, it's kind I, of I get it. It'll giant... be here when we're gone and blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. and everything like that. But you know what else the Grand Canyon can't do? Drive a fucking car. And I can do that. So I don't know. One up on huh? me from the Grand Canyon. You know Canyon. what? You're totally right. The Grand Canyon can't drive a car. Yeah, like, you know, it you sure got can't. Me. I didn't even think about that. Argue yeah. with that. Yeah, nope. you got nothing on I that. I can't. It's a hole that's become yeah. a tourist trap. It is slightly more than a hole. Oh, it's I a will fissure. Say. I'm sorry. Ha- it's a okay, fissure. Here's, a, here's a genuine question. Have you been to the Grand Canyon? As a matter of fact, I have purposefully avoided it. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, and look, that's fine. You're allowed to not care about it. But it is suitably grand, let's say. Yes, uh, those, they didn't call Fenway it the Grand Park. Canyon for nothing. Maybe they should play some fucking baseball at the bottom of that Grand Canyon. Maybe I'd want to go. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do all sorts of shit at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. You can camp down there. It's just like, here, come here to this hot place where people get lost and die all the time. Isn't it majestic? It's it's the fucking 21st century. I was using comedic hyperbole. (laughs) (laughs) Got me. Got me. Uh, But it's just when people are like, oh, I just want to go fly fishing and, uh, and lose myself in the moment. And I'm like, that sounds fucking awful. I grew up on a farm. And yeah, like me too. so like nature is work for one. Yeah. Nature is a job. It nature is. nature is something that you have to fight in order to survive. Nature is the shit where it's like all the fucking bugs hey, like Werner Herzog. Fucking <laughs> that joke Gaffigan says where everyone's like, the beauty of nature is so great. He's like, how come all these bugs are trying to get in my fucking house then? Yeah. Like <laughs> Nature is not, it's so fucking overrated. The only spot of nature that I'll be like, you know what fucks? The beach. I fuck with the beach, but you know why? Because the beach keeps changing. 
Every wave is a different wave. That's pretty cool, I okay. guess. Okay. okay. No. For one thing, the ocean is the outer space of Earth, and we need to leave it the fuck alone. I'm not saying go into the deep I, sea. Yeah, okay. I don't disagree, James Cameron, but, like, I don't think we... <laughs> I think it's cool. I love the ocean. I love the beach, but, like, if you want to talk about a fucking oh, hassle to actually, go to... Yeah, here's what beach is such a hassle. Actually, you know why I'm going to say the beach? And I, it just hit me why I was like, you know why I fuck with the beach? Because I can leave immediately, and I'm immediately in a place where I'm like, oh, I can get some fucking dope seafood right here. Like, that's okay, not happening. Do you think the Grand Canyon is just totally unpopulated? <laughs> no, I know it's a bit of a tourist trap, but at yes! least it's not my kind of tourist trap. It's a trap. national park. It's a boring-ass national park. I bet there's stuff park. around there. It sounds like you would think every is national a, park is boring. Is there a... Yeah, that's kind of the point of what I was saying. I mean, okay, but again... That's then getting dangerously close to this kind of, you know, national parks are important. They, sure. they need to exist. Yeah. And, you know what else is important? Tampons. I don't need them, but I know they're important. Good thing that you don't because they're, yeah. they're in short supply right now. That's I know. Right. That's why that, I brought them that's up. That's quite the interesting uh, comparison. <laughs> Just because something isn't for me doesn't mean I think it should not exist well, that's, or that's not good. matter. That's good. I'm glad. But... Like, <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, nature's fucking boring to me, uh, and and it's, it's not exciting. The Grand Canyon is overrated as fuck. Overrated? What does that even mean in the context of a giant canyon? Well, I don't know. You're rating it pretty fucking high. <laughs> well, it's a huge fucking canyon. Like, it is yeah. what it says. It's gigantic. Yeah. Oh, it's a what an mile and a quarter deep. Yeah, well... Grand. Okay. That's pretty yes. grand, I guess. Wow. I mean, I guess, you know what I can do is go to like a crack on the street over here and just bring my phone really close in and take a photo. <laughs> and I'll be like, look at this fucking huge ass. My, this yeah, is the Grand Canyon. My unpopular opinion is that the term over and underrated has become completely meaningless because people just use it to describe whatever. I think I nailed that shit. I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that me saying the Grand Canyon is overrated is at all. I've read about it in so many books. Yeah, because it's you huge. Know, it's gigantic. It's not you, overrated. It is a wonder of the world. Like, it can't be disputed. And Even yet I wonder why like, I don't give a shit. Speaking of tampons, like, you have to admit that they're a great invention that help a lot of people, even if you apparently find them boring. But, like... <laughs> I find tampons incredibly boring. But, like, you what know... What am I going to do with them? Make art? It doesn't mean that... The Great Canyon, it deserves its praise. It's not overrated. It doesn't deserve its praise because it didn't do anything. It didn't win a it fucking medal in the Olympics. It's no praise. Yeah, it's just a thing that exists on the earth. That's all it is. It's just a thing that exists. Yeah. And why should I be impressed by A natural by a, wonder of our earth that we are formation. actively killing. Yeah, that's fine. And the Grand Canyon will still be there when we're all dead. Thank God. Because then, <laughs> then the fucking aliens can show up and be like, this is what we came for? It's fucking just, waste of my like, time. You could have picked so many ways that nature sucks. And you chose, <laughs> you landed on the Grand Canyon. And it just is baffling. Kind of. I'm sorry. I didn't know that you were the, in the fan club uh, of that situation. I mean, like, it just is inarguably an important place of the planet. I'm sorry. Why is it, okay, but real quick. Why is it important? Because it's a fucking fuck off canyon. It's so huge. Okay, why should I care about a canyon that's big? I don't say you should care. I'm just saying over and underrated do not apply. <laughs> like I'm literally just saying that word doesn't. Here, here's work. what I'll say. You're rating it pretty high in your reaction. Oh my and god! I think that, that is an aggressively over. <laughs> uh, an I'm literally over-rate. stating facts. Yeah, that it's no, you're not because you said it's important. That's not a fact. It is. 
is. Yes, it is. Not it's a massive landmark of the planet. You can see it from space. Oh, my God. You can, you can see, see it from, from space. space. Uh, I can also see the beach from space. <laughs> so... Can you? Right. I think beaches are great, too. I'm not the one arguing against nature. Here's the thing. I'm not saying, like, you know what we should do? Pave nature. That's not (laughs) what I'm saying. I'm saying whenever somebody makes a suggestion to me that something to do is to go immerse ourselves in nature, I'm just like, fucking... I... At least a hike is exercise. But even then, I'm just like, can we just... Look, I don't disagree with that. Or and, I, and you know, oh. you started off strong with the let's mosquito go on a, thing. Let's go on a picnic. That'll be no. great. We'll go no, eat outside with the dirt and the dog turds, and then we'll have some <laughs> ants show up like yeah. a cartoon. No, that sucks. I agree. It sure does. But then oh, you just start talking Grand about Canyon. the Grand Canyon? Yeah, because fuck the Grand Canyon. Well, because that's like the big <laughs> Captain America of nature that apparently- <laughs> Captain America of nature. Yeah, it's like, oh, how could you do this? Is an American institution. It's a, I, I, I never. Okay, it's once. a it's a planetary institution. It is. How could you, boss, how could you call it overrated? You know why? Because you're losing your mind over it when it's a fucking hole that doesn't know you exist. Fuck the Grand Canyon. Fuck the Grand. I'm gonna fill it with glue, and then that's gonna be done. You no just more. said you didn't want to get rid of these things. You changed my mind. Wow. Olivia. Okay. You know the left bullied me into being a not. Ass argument, like come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? Uh, nothing. Uh, just some fucking bullshit. I do you like know. being involved in that comparison. What? You know what? Fuck it. I am a Nazi now. Let's go. No, I, I didn't say you were saying you were a Nazi. I'm saying that's a comparable argument to that argument. I Honestly, am though? saying Jeff's a Nazi. That's my yeah. okay, okay, unpopular. You know, let's crash a fucking SpaceX ship in there. Really wedge <laughs> it in. I mean, I agree with let's crash a SpaceX ship. (laughs) Wow, you want to kill science? Okay. Yeah, I mean, if Elon Musk is doing it, he's not doing science. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adam, what you got, bud? Speaking of the word overrated. Yeah. This is going to be a complicated opinion on my part here. I'll just say it up top. The Rolling Stones might be the most overrated band of all time. I will qualify that by saying I like the Rolling Stones. (laughs) Okay. I like their music. I think they have several good albums. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand why they're held in the regard they're held historically. I don't see them as being influential or trend-setting in any way. They're kind of the Elvis of bands in that they started out very heavily influenced by one thing, and then they were kind of always influenced by something else all along the way. Like the Madonna. Yeah, uh, like Madonna if Madonna didn't steal relentlessly she is a notorious thief. she is madonna should be in prison for plagiarism look with the rolling stones it's hard to argue with them being the most overrated band of all time because they're widely considered number two most people consider the beatles to be the greatest band of all time yeah okay 
Yeah. And then people go and then Rolling Stones and some people will, you know, it's like this every mm-hmm. time. So like it's hard for me to be like, no, they're not overrated because they're incredibly highly rated. They've also existed forever. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the longest well, thing alive. That's part of my issue with them is in terms of really stone cold classic songs. I've said this before. They have about as many as the Beatles. The difference yeah. is the Rolling Stones also have like 48 albums and the Beatles have like nine. So yeah. look, I love the Rolling Stones. I, they used to be a much bigger band for me than they are now. Now they're just one of many bands that I that's funny. like. They went the opposite for me. Yeah. You I used to, I used to, to not like them. them. More. And as I've matured into my dad existence yeah. of being a childless father, the Rolling Stones has become more and more of a song that I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, man, I love this song. Yeah. I mean, look, they're good. But like the big problem is that they whereas the Beatles broke up famously. <laughs> um, Did they? The, the, yeah. No, it was a big what? deal. actually. What? Yeah. No, I know. I know. Well, I hope they're all uh, doing OK. No, actually, the half are dead. <laughs> oh, but uh, it's uh, Paul and Ringo, right? Right, exactly. The two who were most likely to die. Yeah, but like the Rolling Stones just kept making music and most of it isn't great because most rock bands aren't in their 70s. So, you know, that's just going to immediately kind of take you out of the cultural zeitgeist. Are they in their 70s still? I think they're in their 80s, No, I was talking about when they were making other... Because I I gotta be honest, though, I'd love to see them live because... Really? From what I understand, I mean, you had a chance. They were just at SoFi. I know. Mick Jagger still fucking shreds out there, and that is insane to me. You mean Keith Richards? No, oh, I mean Mick Jagger, like, his energy on stage. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, like, he's totally, yeah. And Keith Richards still shreds. I don't doubt that they're a great live band, and I I don't know if I'd be that psyched to see them live now, but maybe, like, 10, 15 years ago, but I also don't agree that their longevity is an excuse for their output not being that great because you can also look at someone like Bob Dylan. Sure. Bob Dylan's m- literally most critically acclaimed album is his last album. Like right. Bob Dylan, he's had peaks and valleys, but there are so many points where Bob Dylan has reinvented himself into a different artist, whereas the Rolling right. Stones just... I mean, yeah, Dylan is amazing, but I don't know that that's necessarily a good comparison because they're wildly different styles of artists. I mean, yeah, like, but that doesn't mean there's they no... Col- both, they're not collaborative. They don't, that doesn't mean they don't both have a responsibility to make good music. I'm not saying... Look, I don't like the most recent, however many Rolling Stones albums. I'm saying and, they just should have stopped making music, personally. Yeah, uh, and I don't even necessarily think they should have stopped. I think the Bridges to Babylon album is actually decent. There's a song on it called Gunface that sure. rules the goddamn world. But I think my issue is the, oh, Beatles are one, Stones are two. No, the Stones aren't number two. Okay, but... Like, for one thing, we've had decades and decades and decades of music history since. You know who's more influential than the Stones? The fucking Smiths. The Smiths, in a poll not too long ago, were rated higher than the Beatles in terms of being influential. Where was that poll? East L.A.? Yeah, exactly. Mexicans for Morrison. It's a real thing. But I just don't... I don't agree that it's still... I get in terms of personal preference, it's well, a uh, valid look, question, but I don't believe that the Rolling Stones are as influential as a lot of other bands that they came up with. Or I mean, this is why I have problems with the phrase over and underrated. Okay. Uh, because we're 
basically arguing against a vague idea of something's popularity, you know, and we could be arguing off of totally different knowledge. Like I could have seen totally different polls that don't really represent the Rolling Stones as being like number two in what is it just for rock or is it just or is it for all music? Because I don't think that the Beatles are influential when it comes to other genres which no. are more popular. I mean, now. how do you they, they also talk about that? Like, that was one of the things they used to push on us when we were teachers. Like, you'll never know your influence because the people you influence yeah. influence people. Absolutely. So it's hard to describe the influential aspect of it yeah. because it really is like a metric that you can't measure. But on the same vein, like Adam opening with I'll say this I love them I love their music like I'm the same way with the Beastie Boys I love the Beastie Boys but they are aggressively overrated as a group and they did reinvent themselves but a whole like, lot again that doesn't really have anything to do with them as musicians their over-underratedness. How society perceives yeah, what they like, do. Yeah. And that's just not as interesting to me as their actual skill as musicians and like those sorts of things i guess is my main stopping block i just want to know about them puerto rican girls that are just dying to meet me <laughs> i mean look i do love i do love i mean Mick that's Jagger. a thing yeah over across the desert they <laughs> put a, a record arab charger like, Coming to your emotional <laughs> rescue. Yes. Uh, I love that shit. They may yeah, be that's over. The thing. I like the Rolling right. Stones a lot. I just don't understand the esteem they're held in historically. I, I get well, that they they've were been around of, for a long time. Well, and, I get and that. Also, they're in like almost every Martin Scorsese movie, and those movies are very popular. Yeah, and so they have another cultural hook. I also in feel the, like in the broader thing. I feel, I feel like their hits are bigger than the Beatles individual hits. The Beatles had a lot more well, stuff. Like yes. their output was much more dense. But also when you look at certain songs that have lasted and permeated through, I feel like the Rolling Stones have a couple that might be a, a bit more Some of that has to do used. with their willingness to license their songs. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, but like every... But you, could, but, you could say the same thing about Bruce Springsteen. Or You're yeah. not, Michael, we're not going to look back on history and be like, Man, I don't know. People didn't use Springsteen songs in movies that much. Yeah, he didn't let them. Right. Well, Michael- and, and there's there's still plenty of movies that can use them. It just yeah. is more selective. And another thing, like, I think if we're talking about using songs in movies and TV shows and commercials and things, the Rolling Stones just kind of work better for that than some of these other bands from the era, you know? They still sound modern. That's what's so great. About- That's why the Stones are good, is because they still have a sound that is kind of new and interesting. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes down to Keith Richards. Like Keith Richards uh, has absolutely such a, a part. distinctive guitar tone. Yeah. That it makes Rolling Stones song. Like you can identify a Rolling Stones song pretty much as soon as Keith Richards starts playing guitar. Right. And then, of course, and Mick Jagger is also not only is does he have a very famous voice, but he, but he was, was in Free Jack. He, he was in Free Jack. He was on vinyl. Not only does he have a very famous voice, he was famously sexy at the time, which causes a lot of cultural, you know, staying power. And that time is right now. Exactly. (laughs) And he also has a very distinctive mouth and face that can be used as a cultural touchstone. His way of moving on stage. He's a character like, yeah. 
And like he's just got all of these different ways. Yeah, they're that a good band with a good frontman. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like you know, it just makes sense that they would have lasting power and that they would still be a hugely relevant band. I'll put you know, I'll put as this far way: as rock bands go. They have more hits than the Grand Canyon. Oh, sure. Got you there. Yeah, the Grand Canyon has produced no music that I'm zero That's platinum true. albums. How many Grammys does the Grand Canyon have? Fucking none. They should be called the Graham Canyon. Wow. That's who the well, well, no, they should shouldn't be. be called the Graham Canyon. They should be called something else because they've not won Graham. Well, yeah, I was Jeff. saying the Rolling Stones. Oh, the, the Rolling Graham Stones should Canyon. absolutely be called the Graham Canyon. You're correct on that. That's right, because they shouldn't just be little stones now. They should be the whole no, canyon. That's true. That You know what? You're absolutely right. They should have changed their name to the Graham Canyon. That, an they'd American, be a lot more successful now. An American institution, the Rolling but, Stones. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're overrated, but I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing because at least they're good. Yeah, like I said, they're a yeah, good band. No, totally. I just yeah. Do we have anything else? Does anyone do, else want to go? Do a a uh, quick hit. You want to do a quick hit? Yeah, my last one is that Jurassic Park three is the best Jurassic Park sequel. There's not even any competition. Any other answer is wrong. I uh, will. Objectively. I will counter with Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom because it knows what it is. And no, it didn't I pretend would argue, to be anything silly. I would, I would uh, argue that that movie, I like that movie better than the first Jurassic World. I mean, barely, I think it's bad, both yeah. pretty bad. I will count like, you both wait, with, I don't give a shit about Jurassic Park. That's perfectly yeah. fair. I just want to say that I think very specifically Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom has no idea what it is. It's like two, they had two about? different ideas for a, a sequel and they it, stapled the end of one to the beginning of it's another It's a haunted one. house movie with dinosaurs. Well, no. It's actually only that in the last 30 minutes. And, and up until that rocks. point, it is mostly about boring characters that I hate talking. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll put it and this way. And then a little bit of dinosaur volcano action. Like, it's trying to be a disaster movie. And it's trying to be a haunted house movie. And it kind of splits the difference. I think the haunted house stuff is great. Well, I think the Haunted House stuff is fine. It can't it's, be great. It has Chris these, Pratt and Bryce Dallas these, Howard in it. But These movies, I'm not going to pretend Chris Pratt is a bad actor just because he's a bad I'm not person. saying he's a bad actor. I'm saying that character is noxious. Uh, yeah, everybody is. Everybody sucks. Every Jurassic Park sequel is bad. No, you, I think no, Jurassic Park 3 is good. It's it not, is it's a not, good movie. That's okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually very right. It is a <laughs> perfectly executed adventure film. If we want to talk about a movie that knows exactly what it is, that movie is 95 minutes long. You get to yeah, the island at minute script. 20. Huh? Because it didn't have a script when they started. Well, it doesn't matter because the movie <laughs> turned out fine. It was mostly set pieces anyway. The thing is, you have to ask yourself what you expect from a sequel to Jurassic Park, a movie that famously probably doesn't even need a sequel. I expect nothing no. from any sequel of Jurassic Park. Right, because exactly. I, Val's favorite movie franchise is Jurassic Park, and that is a franchise with one total good movie. It's uh, It's got one great movie and one good movie, yes. Yeah, yeah, that is an unpopular opinion, I guess. Yeah, I know it is, <laughs> because a lot of people have a stick up their ass, and a lot of people think that... <laughs> A lot of people think that Jurassic World, the first Jurassic World, is better than Jurassic Park 3, which is a absolutely ludicrous opinion. That's like being like, which, okay, Jurassic Park 3 is the tastiest turd at the dog park. No, it's not like, a turd. It is a good movie. It okay. is it is a legitimately good movie. It has Sam Neill in it. Cool things happen. Classic, it's got never a, a good, bad Sam Neill movie. <laughs> very few. It's got just a fucking simple premise it's an you know rescue story that go you know rescue mission that goes wrong. 
There you go. That's all you need. You're on the island. People are getting chased by dinosaurs. You see some dinosaurs. They have an adventure, and then they escape. Boom. It's Ta- Taylioni. Taylioni's great. Ta-Leone. I love Taylioni. Yeah. I will defend Taylioni. She's just, you know, mainstream audiences aren't used to women who are kind of icy. And that's who she always plays. And that's not a bad thing. It's just who she the is. For, the, the former Mrs. Duchovny. Uh, the former Mrs. Duchovny, absolutely. Uh, I will do another cinema-based one, which is that Martin Scorsese was totally right about Marvel movies, mm-hmm. and that's totally okay. Okay, what do you mean by okay? That was my question when I saw that. It's okay, it's okay that they're not cinema. It's okay. okay that they're just movies that are dumb and fun, and they can elicit... Pixar responses out of us. Martin Scorsese saying, I tried watching them. They're not cinema. Here's why. And everybody clutched their pearls. Right. And was like, how could he say that? It's like, no, he's right. No. But I still am going to see a Marvel movie before I see a Scorsese movie. I want to, because I was definitely, I was waiting for you to get to this one. Because the problem is, the thing that is not okay about what he was talking about is that the internet, as it does, kind of picked out the very juicy Marvel movies aren't cinema aspect of what he was saying. But his main point, which is totally valid and actually not okay, is that the companies that make these movies and the theater companies that display them are squeezing out other kinds of movies. And if that weren't the case, then there would be no... He says in his whole New York Times article, it's fine. I have nothing against them. There's plenty of good stuff in it it doesn't fit what i think of as cinema which is fine Mm. but the problem is that in places look i live in indianapolis there's basically one art theater around here where i can Mm. see something that is not a major studio release and i have to drive like 40 minutes to get there so that is not a atmosphere that is conducive to good art getting made because the good art The movies that are trying to actually further the medium aren't getting major theater play. Mm -hmm. And the people who want to see them aren't able to in a theater anymore, basically. Yeah, well, that's it. I think Adam and I are very spoiled by the number of screens that we have access to. I mean, that's I definitely got that way when I lived in L.A. Yeah, but... I don't know if that's true. I don't know if without Marvel movies, would these movies be getting play in? Yes. Big, well, I, I mean, but like I, they I, did no, before be Marvel other... movies existed. Yeah, Kramer versus at... Kramer was like the number one movie of its year when it came. Well, yeah, think... but that's not an apt comparison. There's about 30 years between when Marvel well, movies yeah, become but a I'd thing say like Kramer versus Kramer. 2007 but... is, I think, a good example of if you look at like what was in the theaters at the time, because Iron Man came out in 2008. looking at 2007 and looking at the movies that did well and you're like oh shit Uh, and whereas we see it now and and it's like tenpole franchise flicks are totally fine i love them i see them in the theater i also have the stubs a list where i can go see whatever i want yeah and and pretty much whenever i want to and and that's why we can go do those things but yeah it is a bummer that a movie like everything everywhere all at once is going to have to be kept alive by people discovering it and streaming no matter how many times people went on the internet and were like, please go see this fucking movie. Yeah, and despite what movie studios want to believe, streaming doesn't make nearly as much money as theaters and a rental. And going to the movies is fucking expensive. 
And if you're like, oh, man, we have the budget to take. If you have two kids, if you're like a nuclear family, let's say you're a nuclear family, the process of going to the movies, it's like a hundred and twenty dollar process. Absolutely. There's so many things that are wrong. I mean, like, I think theaters are extremely important and a this weird push by some groups to want to get away from theaters entirely, I think, is totally wrongheaded. But there are definitely huge problems with the way that theaters are run now. And this is definitely one of the big problems. And like, so, yeah, I agree that it would be fine if Marvel movies were just not cinema and it was contained to these superhero movies. But the problem is that that's beginning or not beginning has been having a very inverse effect on the broader cinema community. It really comes down to it. And I think this is a cycling back to the concept of fandom, which is just because you like something doesn't mean it's high art yes, or whatever. And yeah. like, I love these movies and yeah. I watch the shows and I do that thing. But when Scorsese was like, yeah, these aren't cinema. I was like, yeah, no, he's right. Of course. And, and then everyone's like, how, how can he say well, that about, about? I saw Iron Man three times in the theater. It's like, dude, it's a fucking cartoon right. on the on the screen. It's fine. It is art. It's great. Yeah. But it's not the cinema that it's we fu- like to. And then people were like, could you imagine if Orson Welles got to see Endgame? What he would think. And I mean, he'd probably think it was trash. He wouldn't yeah. understand any of it at yeah. all. It would be total nonsense because it's all built on a yeah. whole thing but also i don't understand there's this whole whatever the whole Mar- scorsese scorsese has now become inextricably linked with marvel for some reason like every time a marvel movie succeeds or fails scorsese must be invoked <laughs> they're like, like take that martin yeah it's yeah. so weird and it extended to people saying like he only makes gangster movies and he is denying that these films give opportunities to women and people of color as if he doesn't run an international film preservation institute that is all about that specifically. And like, it's just this whole thing. It's part of the lightning rod aspect of our culture. That's so suffocating. Yeah. It's the same thing with star Wars. It's like, I know these are toy commercials. Yeah. I mean, like some of them are good. Some of them are bad. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Yeah. I agree that it doesn't matter that they're not cinema. And I agree that I think his larger issue gets lost a lot of the time. So I wanted to make sure that. Yeah. He was right about the whole thing. He's right about the fucking theaters. Like moving back to the Midwest has really cemented that for me further. And also as people in the pandemic were like, yeah, but like, who cares if it's not in theaters? You can watch it on stream. And like, well. Yeah, but not everybody has good streaming. If you have bad internet, that's going to make for a shitty movie watching experience. It's okay for a filmmaker to not be happy with that. I also don't see a reason why both options can't be a thing. Well, they are. They always have. Yeah, they have been. But people act like they can't be. Like right, we I know. Have, yeah, it sucks if you're a filmmaker and now a lot of movies are going directly to streaming. That is a bummer, but that's also yeah. kind of the inevitable direction this well, shit has always been 
going in. But yeah. I think that's a good fight to fight. I don't think we should no, get I rid think, of theaters. Yeah. I'm I not, think that, I, I, and just, also, I just said, no, I don't think no. we should get rid of. The, I said, why I can't wanna... it be both? Like, but also, like, but no the, one's saying get rid of theaters. But the filmmakers who were mad about the streaming thing, the people who got dragged on the internet for no fucking reason, like Christopher Nolan and Denis Villeneuve, they were specifically mad about. They made a film for theaters and were being fucked over by a corporation, specifically AT&T, who doesn't give a fucking shit about film as art and only cares about getting subscribers for their new streaming service. And, you know, I think it's kind of emblematic of the weird way that our culture treats artists that those people were mocked for caring about their art form. Yeah, that's the thing is... You know, when people are like, oh, oh, like the woke mentality, it's not the woke mentality. It's the mob mentality yeah. that the Internet pushes forward, where when somebody says and it was funny because when Christopher Nolan said that, I saw a lot of my friends that were speaking out against him. And I was like, no, he's right. He's absolutely Christopher right. Nolan is correct. Yes. And like Tenet should have been seen on a big screen. It happened to have been released at a time when they right. should have sat on it for two years and been like, all right, now we'll put it out. But what do you do about that? Because you've already invested, what, $200 million I, in making I that movie. I think that yeah. might have had something to do with people dragging him at the time. Because at that point, you weren't supposed to fucking go to movies. Yeah. It was a very risky thing to do. And yeah. to come out and be like, but no, 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 no. My film is so important you should risk it well, and go to the well, theater it's like fuck you that movie yeah. wasn't that good no he, it well, should have been sat on is what it should have been yeah, it shouldn't I, have been I, released i think that's um, fair but again i think the problem is people and again this also ties into the whole disney thing to the cord cutting thing. like people are way more willing to go after the artists because they are a face that they can attack Rather than the root cause, which is AT&T and these the government mega- creating COVID. Oh, no, right. No, no. Yeah. And government creating COVID like these telecom companies that now own most of the movie studios that don't give a shit. And that was what he was mad about. And people took it personally because people were kind of it was kind of a stressful time. People were had been. Well, I don't know. 2020 was kind of weird. I don't know if that's a, yeah. if that's yeah. an unpopular opinion. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if even the stress of 2020 was the reason people were the way they were about it. The though. only reason. I think but... it was just a lot of people get mad when you mention how you don't like their pacifier. Well, yeah. And people uh, get mad. It's really weird. But are we sure get mad it, when are we sure none of it had to do with him demanding people go to theaters during? Well, that was he all. He didn't demand. He was just saying, I then, think. So should... if you had, if he had such an issue with his movie being put out in that way, wait. Well, yeah, I don't. He, the, but the problem later. is, he did yeah. not have control. Yeah, he didn't control the release. That. That's yeah. the problem. That I'm How saying. does Christopher Nolan not have control over his movies by because AT and T owns WB yeah. and they don't give a. Fuck. Yeah, and especially in boss. 2020 when HBO Max just launched, they only cared about getting subscribers for HBO yeah. Max. That's all yeah. they cared about at all. Anyway, you know, shit, man. It just bums me out because it has become such a thing for people to when an artist outwardly shows that they care about their art form and the work that they made. It is totally taken as like being an elitist piece of shit because Americans are inherently anti-art and anti-intellectual. But I will back up Adam that Nolan was wrong and being like, you should see this in the theater. I mean, Um, it was available in the theaters around the world also, though. And I know. know. 
I mean, also, we have those 2020 hindsight glasses on, too, sure. where we were like... And, and, and I went to see it in the drive-thru, which was totally chill. I saw so. it the way Christopher Nolan intended to see it, <laughs> on a plane. Absolutely, With a TV yes. that you pull up from right. your fucking thing. I watched I, it on my Nokia. I fell asleep with about 45 minutes left and have not gone back and finished watching it. I mean, it's it a movie yet. that, you know, his movies are very specific. I tell you this, if I'd gotten COVID to go see that shit, I'd have been pissed. I mean, absolutely. Look, I don't think he... I think if you personally sat down with Christopher Nolan outside of a press interview that's being taken out of context, which is where most of these quotes come from, I think if you sat down with him and were like, do you think people should risk their lives you know, or risk you know, infection in order to see your movie on a big screen? He would say no, because he's a normal dude. It's he's not my, like some mm, weird guy. I, he's probably a weird guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, sure he's, he's a weird guy. I mean, he's weird. not some like almighty being, you know, the, like the creepiest thing was right as the pandemic was hitting. I went to see Bloodshot with David Bell. That for, was one of the last things I saw, too. And when we left, because it was already like COVID is here. Yeah. And when we left, because we saw the theater out east a little bit. We saw so many families leaving Dave and Buster's. Mm. I looked at Dave and I was like, man, this is like a bad sign. This is like the beginning of a title sequence of a movie <laughs> where we're leaving and we're seeing all these families that just got yeah. sick. It's the last scene of Contagion. Dave and Imagine going to a yeah. Dave and Buster's yeah. in the beginning of a pandemic. Like, no let's, just, let's, let's lick the chairs, too. Let's lick the chairs while we're at it. I went to a Mariah Carey concert in Las Vegas. On February 29th. Oh, wow. I don't know how I didn't get COVID. I remember being worried that she was going to cancel the show. Yeah. And she did cancel her show in Hawaii that was happening a month later and has since come out and said she's not touring anymore. So I saw Mariah Carey's last concert during COVID. I would say that might be worth risking. Well, it was also like if you flash back to the specific dates, like it was early March when yeah. like the NBA shut down and right. things started shutting down. So like it was yeah, mid March. Like I mean I remember that time very distinctly because it was my sister's first semester of college in LA whew, while I was uh living there. And so that was a whole thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. Ah, uh, oh, COVID. Fucking COVID. Ruled. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the popular opinion real quick. COVID? Eh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It's still no. going. <laughs> it hasn't ended. It what? No, I it. miss it. Miss it. No, it's yeah, no, it's over. It's over. What? Looking back, no. looking back no. now that we are post pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's our episode, right? I think that's so. a sode, bro. We did it. It was a lengthy sode. Yeah, but very, it was good. Very spirited debate. I like Hell it. Yeah. These unpopular opinion episodes are spirited and they should be. Yeah. They should be. These opinions are Imagine if, if we were all like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I mean, what's the next one. That happens. sometimes happens when I'm on because I tend to just be kind of agreeable. <laughs> Unless you bring up the Grand Canyon. I mean, look, man, that thing is a fucking institution <laughs> of this planet. So, Olivia, besides the Grand Canyon, what would you like to plug? <laughs> Nothing. Stay tuned for information on our Lost Rewatch podcast. <laughs> Jeff. Besides well, I mean, the Grand Canyon, is there anything you'd like to plug? Instead of going to the Grand Canyon, you can go to Mint on Card, which is back the second Friday of every month at Blast from the Past on Magnolia in beautiful Burbank, California. So you're going to want to check that out. Next one is going to be July 8th 
It's four days after the celebration of the Grand Canyon, folks. Whoa. Uh, on top of that, you can also check out Jeff Has Cool Friends, my interview podcast that you can listen to for free or a week earlier with uh, unedited episodes and bonus content. You can check that out at patreon.com slash Jeff May, where you get that ugh fine with Kim Crawl, as well as more things coming. Uh, you can also check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman on the Gameplay Unemployed Network and... You don't even like sports. A sports podcast about how the Grand Canyon doesn't like sports. Oh, neither does Jeff. Yeah. That That's sounds like a really boring podcast. I'm not going to lie. Just like, yeah, nope, this rock still doesn't like sports. I could like talk sports. shit on the Grand Canyon an hour a week for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of you don't even like sports, the John Daly season is going to be out for free soon. And you better listen to it or I will murder you. Your favorite um, podcaster's favorite podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to want to hear this one. There is a live podcast that we're doing in New York City. At New the York end, City. New the, York City. At the end of August. <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled for that. It's going to be me and Alex Schmidt and Sliceberg Slim and Khalees Hawkins doing exactly what we're doing right now, sharing some unpopular opinions. Woo. Interesting twist. The show during the day. Huh. Mm? Well, sort of. 4 p.m., I think. But we're still hammering out the details. Sure. So be on the lookout for that. I think that's it for now. We should probably get the fuck out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Jeff, say goodbye. You get the Grand Canyon sucks rookie card, everybody. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. We love you. Giant hole. Take the